You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. How are you, mate? Not too bad, thanks. Good, good. Now, um, Pat's starting to discover the reality of having two children. Yes. Yeah, it is. I am. I am discovering that at 3.30 in the morning I message Joe. We usually do this quite early in the morning to fit our work days around it um, on a Friday. So you'll be hearing this on a Wednesday if you're catching it live straight away, otherwise whenever you're getting it. Um, yeah, we, we have these conversations usually on a Friday and last night I'm, or this morning really early I messaged Joe saying, can we push that back an hour or maybe a couple? And here we are, <laughs> three in the afternoon. Um, and yeah, Joe's. But we're, but we're, in, we're in good, we're in good spirits. We're in good spirits and in good form. I reckon. Well, form, we'll see. But I reckon we're in good. We'll see. Spirits. We'll see. But um, it's definitely hitting a note. Flexibility. We might be able to get into that later. Work flexibility. It is hot topic right now. We were going somewhere else. We're um, we're doing a few renos here at the studio, and um, we just had the screen on to where I'm up to at the moment. That was a little bit scary. So Joe. <laughs> gently tapped me on the shoulder and said, turn it back to your woodwork. So here we are. <laughs> here we are. One day you might get to see um, the metal background and where, where Per's heading, but <laughs> we'll leave that for another day. Uh, um, but how are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. I'm very, very well. So, um, yeah, had, had a good week. We're, uh, we're now kind of nearly... Uh, Nearly back to normal here in Victoria, which is which is lovely. So kind of no density limits and stuff. So that's a, you know, I think a I think a promising sign. But it kind of it does, you know, it starts to shape us into a little bit of what we're going to start to take the conversation, I guess, around kind of what's actually going on with with work and stuff. Because certainly in a in a hospitality sense, it's uh, they can open to kind of max capacity, but they don't have the staff um, to be able to actually kind of open to max um, capacity. So it's an interesting kind of, you know, I guess a return to normal. I'm not really sure what that's actually gonna gonna look like. Yeah, I think it's gonna look very different to different people. Um, it's really hospitality, but yeah, it's gonna be I was trying to thinking about where work's heading, everyone's trying to grapple with what work looks like. I think there's no one really knows the full change that's happened individually, collectively, joined up, I think, around workforce and and being locked down and what the continuation of that feeling is going out into new normal but yeah I was thinking about hospitality in particular and they're going from absolutely or at least in Victoria's experience from really dead to near on dripping to going full pelt so usually they have a runway where you sort of start get core staff and get going um and then when you hit peak season which we're coming up to now in Victoria right across the tourism sector and hospitality for that matter. And everyone's dying for a great feed in that experience, I think. So it's really hard for them. I feel for them. Um, I even got an SMS just before from Tourism Victoria trying to, like, recruit hospitality staff. It's, it's Really? Wow. Yeah, it's a bizarre message. They're trying everything. I think they're really struggling. But mm. on top of that, a lot of industry is because we've sort of jumped 10 years ahead of where we left, like in a year and a half. So mm. certain skills in Australia, we've got this so-called skill shortage that really lays bare the systems that we have in place around 
just, I suppose, how quick universities, how quick our institutions are at picking up the new skills that are needed and teaching them, and then just how quickly skill sets have developed, and then how many businesses now need those new skill sets pronto to be rolling out products and to be very much acting in the digital space and, and delivering what they do very well. But um, the skills aren't there. They've changed so much throughout throughout this COVID experience for everyone. So across the board, and I was trying to get my head around what what those skill why we have a skill shortage and what that means in Australia. And there's a lot of different arguments around it. So um, mm. that's interesting. How have you felt and what are you seeing, Joe? Yeah, well, certainly, I guess, you know, the, the framing of it, I think, Pat, around kind of like there's an individual layer to this. And I think is, you know, probably how we can explore it is that at an individual level, I think people's, um, I guess, kind of um, their priorities have shifted somewhat in terms of kind of actually actually being able to kind of understand, you know, um, not just work-life balance, but I think which one comes first, the life or, or the work. I certainly think there's a part of that that's kind of at an individual level. But then at a more kind of collective level, I do think there's a lot of these things that, as we've spoken about numerous times, is that it was already there. It's just, it's kind of actually been, been accelerated. So the, the skill gap here in, in Australia is, is interesting in that traditionally it's been filled by migration. Um, so having closed borders has obviously accentuated that a fair bit and particularly at kind of lower level jobs. A lot of those people have been able to get better jobs um, in terms of kind of actually moving through and also then are kind of more of our, what I would kind of, you know, loosely in air quotes call our seasonal workforce um, consists of a couple of different um, groups. One of those being um, your kind of your friendly, uh, your friendly backpacker, which is kind of, you know, part of why I was kind of warning you off your background earlier. It looked like a place that backpackers might get stuck. in terms of where, where that's going to land. But, you know, certainly having kind of a backpacker kind of workforce, you know, come come through into the country, you know, I think we've gotten very used to that. In in Australia, we're kind of renowned. I mean, obviously, there's kind of, there's there's genre about the kind of the Australian backpacking experience, good and bad, in terms of kind of that it's a part of popular culture. But then there's also, you know, in terms of kind of, um, I guess, more seasonal workers from kind of island nations, et cetera, that would come into kind of, um, you know, whether that's in our food industry or process industries or kind of um, construction etc those those kind of sources of um, I guess kind of labor have been have been turned off but you know I think at a um, at a kind of then at a at a country level so if you kind of look just beyond kind of the, the collective and you kind of step it all the way up there's there's no doubt that um, you know potentially we don't actually have enough people in in Australia so if you actually kind of think you know all the way through the kind of big Australia um, policy and the kind of traditional fight back against that um, you know it's it's interesting we probably actually don't have enough working age people into the into the future and what does what does that start to look like you know when you actually start to think about the future of work um, perhaps we you know in particular um, don't actually have enough people to be able to do um, the amount of work that needs to be done. Yeah, it's true in terms of the work that's needed to be done. And then on top of that is just also, because I think it's really easy, it's an easy, I don't think you were doing it, but it's an easy trap that a lot of commentators are doing is saying that it is a migration thing. And I think Australia across the board definitely has need to be a lot more open in its and it's migration. Like that's just something Australia needs to do. But in terms of the problem that sits there around skilled, unskilled is, yeah, I, was, I wonder if there's this reimagining of work that's gone on and then also just where 
where demand is is being met and then on a skills front. Um, then also touching on that point that we've touched on throughout is that it's it's such a global stage now that only a few people, everyone's fighting for that one staff member or that many staff members like in Australia has really hit themselves on the head with not really nailing, like being friendly, being quite racist in, in global press around how we treat a lot of international yep. students and migration. Like we've, we've built a whole political system around where you sit on boat people. I don't know for international listeners if you're up with that, but that's something that some of our politicians have backed their whole career around, um, sure. which is a corrosive thing that we have to come up against and really hopefully um, come against that in a proper way. But I feel like there's biggest things at play around what is work and what is the meaning of work. And and there's a lot of talk now around signalling for businesses. Um, I feel like you're right across this. Brands are really thinking about not only what customers feel like with their brand, but what employees really feel like and how they feel affiliated with the brand they're working with. That's just as important as the one that the customers interact with. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a, a huge switch from... Um, at least the big emphasis of the switch from where it has been before. Uh, no, it's definitely like, I think the, the importance of it is probably in terms of kind of who's actually focusing on it. I think as an employer brand, you know, that's, that's always been something that's important in terms of attracting the best, the best and brightest, but it's always for, Ultimately, I think it's the it's the actual narrative that's in it that's very, very different. It comes back to where the future of work is actually heading. Typically, it used to be that, you know, you would come in and it was kind of all about progression. So it was all about being able to kind of move your career forward in terms of, you know, basically you come, you work hard and you're going to you're going to get ahead. So certainly when I was leaving school, you know, most of the places that you would apply to that, that was the story. It's like come work with us, kind of get get some experience behind you and you will progress. But even now, kind of. At, a, um, at an entry level, never mind at a mid-career um, perspective or a late-career perspective. It's ultimately now it's about values alignment, and it's also it's about um, flexibility. So this idea that kind of you can work the way that you want, much you know, as we see in kind of consumer society in terms of that you can shop the way that you want, or you can kind of do things the way that you want. Those two things are starting to to get mirrored now. So it's and but the the complexity that that then creates for businesses is is interesting, you know, and certainly. In a, um, <clears throat> there's no doubt, you know, that COVID has accelerated all of these changes that we're going through anyway. But now, as we kind of start to shift back to that, kind of custom, um, companies trying to understand how do we fit all of this stuff together where we've got a consumer who wants to be treated com completely individually. We've got most employees who want an individualized experience, but yet the, the construct of the business is being held together broadly by a kind of platform um, that has to deliver those, those two things. And I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a real issue um, that people are, people are grappling with. And you put on top of that, that you can't actually get a hold of, um, you know, particularly in certain industries, you can't actually get a hold of the talent. Um, so never mind keeping the talent that you actually have you can't actually attract the talent that you need to actually um, fill the position so in, in some ways it's like flying an airplane while you know you've got kind of you're busily keeping on you know putting seats in the back um you know because they, they keep falling out the back of the plane it's that you you know you're kind of doing that at a at, you know full-time position but then yet you've actually got to adapt to where the future of all of this is, is heading but it's certainly becoming more of an individualized experience rather than kind of you know more of i worked there 
there. It's actually like I work there because it gives me flexibility, et cetera, and it's going to help me progress. So it's become, you know, it's an, it's an and conversation. It's not like the progression piece has gone away either. So it's just, but I want to progress on my own terms. Mm. It's true. So that's the big change. You're noticing the, the end's been going on and, and people really listening to that end. And is it an end in just flexibility? I work there because of, or I work there because of that very valued alignment. That's what I'm seeing come yeah, across a lot as visuals sure. entering the climate change debate and really yeah. seeing where they sit. Definitely diverse, like some great things coming through business that has been slow to come through, maybe pol- at a political policy level, at least in Australia. Some businesses yeah, are yeah, taking themselves sure. to, to implement that. that and use that as a strength to get that employee retention. Yeah. And I mean, you, you'll see this in kind of, you know, it's like quite a bit of your work as well, right? Is that this celebration and kind of having a point of view on, on the society we want to operate in, you know, traditionally most, most kind of um, large scale employers would try to avoid taking a stance on things like climate, et cetera, because it, it can't move. They may operate against it in terms of kind of shifting towards it or react to government policy, but certainly, um, you know, the challenge has become in, in a large part is that there's no, um, I guess, kind of in between point anymore, right? So this this idea of kind of having a point of view is um, on kind of things that are outside of your locus of control as a business is becoming more and more important. So, like, I think that is a that is a huge change from what we've what we've historically seen, and what it's actually driving for for all of us. I think is that you know it takes us to a position where these large scale companies are now needing to talk about things that traditionally are out of the side of their locus of control. So to attract employers and actually employees, they're actually taking stances as employers that they would have been very, very uncomfortable um, holding because it would have been offensive to, to some. So they're actually starting to bring a brand orientation really to, to where they're actually taking their, their employer brand. They're starting to think about kind of who are we most for and they certainly can't be for everyone. Um, so this kind of, I mean, that's a big step forward for, for a lot of businesses, but it's, its you know, it's about what we're talking about. It's about that most people are now looking for values alignment and they're looking for things like flexibility if you actually want to be able to attract the best and the brightest. It's true. And, and I think it ties in again to who controls the narrative when businesses are now publications and they run point of view they're in run opinion pieces that tie into where they sit and it ties into where their business interacts with current affairs you got ANZ Bank running big publication worldwide getting insight and producing original content that's where a lot of the the crew that we work with is where they get a lot of their money as well when when they send out they plug into these networks and ask what sort of content they need to be generating in in the foreseeable um, and play a smart game like that when they're producing content overseas or, or interstate or in a niche community that they know interacts with their business and the way that they operate. Um, but it also ties in now with a bit of data analytics because like it's a it's a tricky one in terms of holding as a business being an entity living in a fluid environment, you know, things are always changing. So being able to adapt to that and, and understand where your audience sits is it's a bold move, and I think um, I think the bold will be strong. But you've got to be, you've got to, I don't know, you've got to really think deeply about where you sit and keep communicating those values throughout. It might sound like a broken broken record if you're sitting there as an organisation, but you've got to keep 
keep um, keep at it and adjusting and, and figuring out how the current affair affects you and sort of represent the business as an individual in, in the sphere. That's sort of where it's heading. It's very, as you're saying, it's the individual experience as a customer, individual experience as an employee, <coughs> but then it is very individual, the actual brand. Like it's a funny fragmented yeah. space of individuality at the moment. Yeah, it's it's true. Like the, the traditional theory of brand will tell you that it kind of it pulls its strength from collective belief, right? So in terms of, but what you see in kind of the, this future of work, and you know, there's a lot of stuff even coming out of the U.S. Is that you know the kind of what they call the Great Resignation? Really, what it's about is about people who've actually worked really, really hard for for a lot of their career, kind of taking this moment to go. There's things. There's other things that matter to me, right? So there's other things, kind of not not just putting work first, but actually kind of going work can come as part of my life, but it's not going to be the definition of me. So there's kind of this notion of that work defines us in terms of you know me holding my hand up and saying I'm a brand strategist. You're saying you know you're kind of um you know kind of an exceptional producer, etc. Is that those titles? They're they're kind of becoming things that we do. They're not the definition of who we are. Um, so this idea that you know like. Like I think it's, you know, like, I mean, if I kind of look at my parents' generation, like stepping out of work before you were kicked out of work, it was like, oh, what happened? Right. Whereas now there's actually a whole generation coming through that are actually choosing that. They're actually going, no, I'm done. I'm done in the way that I was actually actually doing it. So the kind of future of work is becoming more like we probably see in our professional life is that it's <clears throat> more and more like project based. So let's try to kind of move this this forward, et cetera. And I think, you know, the kind of the employers themselves are still cottoning on to that, right? So the the thing that, you know, I mean, probably where we'll take this in terms of like the next episodes and stuff is that the work contract is, you know, probably quite antiquated for where we're actually starting, starting to go. So this idea that I employ you full-time, but yet you're looking for something that's quite flexible, semi-permanent, can change on a whim, et cetera. I think that's where this might go right in terms of kind of the the re the redo of kind of the idea of kind of the employer commitment to the employee right so we might be values aligned we might be able to both offer each other flexibility but are we both going to offer each other longevity maybe not yeah it's it's true it's a bit like tinder working but um the other thing that we see <laughs> tinder working i love that but the other thing that we see, I think, that is hard to get a grip on is the change that's happened in education. I feel like there's a lot of innovative companies that now sit at the pinnacle of the knowledge forum in terms of where these, especially for skilled labour, where and also changing labour, where labour's going when robotics come in, the workforce is changing in different areas. But when we're talking skilled labour and talking specifically tech, the universe, we've spoken about this, the universities are too broad to be able to offer their up-to-date tech because they don't actually have the know-how nor the skills because they don't have the people there to, to explain it. And if they do, they're sort of 10 years behind where the forefront is now. And so if you're a business that wants to operate at the forefront, you have to, you have to be able to attract that skill or to be able to develop in-house. And you hear a lot of, um, I don't know if it's management consultants, but you're hearing people work from Atlassian who are in there looking for skilled people and they're not necessarily looking for a skill set that they're coming in with. They're looking for a soft skill set, people who are willing to learn and to adapt and change because the rate that things are moving and the forecast for the future of where you want to be is 
No one, the honest truth is no one has the skills of tomorrow, today. Like, no. We just don't. So, and it's only going to change so much more. So being able to adapt that in, in, a, in a workplace is, I think, something that is uncommon. Um, and, and the strong survive there and the flexible have survived and thrived. But then where it always makes me curious where education is heading, I feel like it's going to be corporation in a way, um, if done well. People are already trying to do that. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, I think the, the one thing I would add on to that is what, it, what we've kind of all worked through, I guess, is that, you know, this notion of the portfolio career, right? So that I kind of move from, from task to task, kind of learning as I go, and I'm always happy to kind of learn. That's, I think that's now the de facto norm. But then a lot of what we're actually trying to do is actually catch up with that reality, right? So kind of catching up with the, the reality on both sides. I think it's, you know, you can say that the great resignation is also the, like the great checkout, which is going, I've seen too much change. I'm kind of going to go, I'm just happy kind of doing these bits and pieces. And that's, that's kind of my law. But then, you know, this kind of this other way of working that we're starting to see, which is kind of around kind of flexibility, skills-based, I'll work kind of where, where and when I want. But then there's a skill set thing behind all of that, as you're saying, Pat, is that you've actually got to be able to kind of um, keep on top of the skills to be able to kind of work in that, in that manner. So what is good today in technology ultimately becomes yesterday's news, right? So it's kind of, you've got to continually kind of stay across skills development that perhaps is at your own expense, right? A lot of the times it's interesting kind of where, where it all starts to go, but it's almost impossible for the employer to develop you if you are kind of, you know, working in a, in a, I guess, a separated sense in terms of kind of people, people everywhere kind of doing, doing what they need to do. It's much more, um, you were kind of brought in to add a specific piece of value, but then over time they might have to retrain you, but is that going to be them that does that? Maybe not, maybe not. Yeah, but well, I think yeah, there's some spaces where businesses can definitely differentiate if they understand that landscape and be able to offer and maybe break through some of that Tinder workforce and be able to try and lock in some <laughs> some long term relationships. Um, however, they want to work for some businesses, it might work that casual casual way, and it might really be to their benefit to grow something sustainable from that in in the age that we live in and project bases is something unique that, that is offered in a digital space. But sure. in terms of the great resignation, there's also the, the thing that we haven't spoken about is just the great fabrication of cash. It's, we've never seen in, <laughs> in, in such a quick amount of time. Like that's definitely sitting under the carpet. Like where is that money? Like I don't know. It is, if we could talk on it for ages, but there's definitely been a great fabrication that we haven't felt and then people have been stretching their limbs out, out of the cities and, haven't been burning the cash that they normally would because places have been locked down, at least where we've lived, and so that high-paced live, live, living lifestyle um, hasn't need to be sustained by a big check. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, it, it, who knows, right? Who knows what we'll, what we'll see? Like, I think, it, obviously, I mean, we'll kind of keep exploring this over the next few episodes. It, it's just, it's, 
you know, you can't, you know, history will tell you that if you make a judgment based off when you're living in something, you're always going to get it, get it wrong. But directionally, kind of what was happening before the pandemic was a lot of what we're starting to see, right, in terms of this kind of this, this want for flexibility, the kind of the indiv individualism kind of now coming into work, the kind of the alignment around values or a project, but not forever around a period of time. These are all the kind of longer term things that we're, you know, kind of, as you're putting it, like the kind of the Tinder work us is that that's also what's happening most social constructs from dating to kind of marriage to everything else is that it's these are become more around kind of um they're less uh longitudinal over time so there's less of a kind of you know like i go to work for someone i'm going to work there for 20 years this is a very antiquated notion but i think what we're starting to see just to kind of close close off for for this one is that it that's probably now you know, me saying I'm going to go work somewhere for a couple of years is becoming a long time. And that's, you know, that's very, very different than what we used to see even five years ago. You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production, a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. Being in work, how have you felt since the pandemic? Have you reflected differently on work yourself? Um, yes, yes, I have. I have. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably put the same question back, back to you. But I think it's, you know, it's a little bit, as a, there's probably two sides to it. There's the kind of the employer side, you know, which we kind of both both share, but then there's kind of the employee side, right, in terms of kind of working for that. So it's, you know, from I'm probably better placed to comment from an employer side in terms of kind of, you know, just seeing seeing those changes come through. But, you know, it's it's everything we've kind of touched on is that you personally experience this kind of, you know, you see people's lives, right? So the thing that I kind of hold on to is that, when I started in my career, it was very much that you kind of, you kept your life outside of it. Like you had friends at work and stuff, but you know, you wouldn't have the type of relationship. I mean, I've had tremendous bosses my whole life for the most, most part, a couple of, you know, glaringly bad exceptions, but for the most part, they've been, they've been really, really good, but you know, you would, there's a limit to what you would share around that sort of stuff. Whereas now I feel like people are genuinely bringing their whole selves to work and they're expecting the kind of employer to hold that and to hold that space and be able to kind of help them manage the kind of the, you know, the car crash that life can sometimes be in terms of competing priorities, et cetera. But that ability to work with an employer, I think the, the big thing I, I kind of think about a lot at the moment is that you're actually helping them manage the kind of the competing priorities of their life. And you're able, you need to be able to actually turn down the dial on how important work is, right? You actually need to be able to turn that dial down. So that's kind of, I think, my big reflection out of, out of all of this. So it's kind of that you're in their life now in a more, in a way that is 
probably bigger in terms of that you kind of understand, you know, the, not just the, the fact that they have kids, but you understand the fact that they're actually running them back and forth to childcare and you understand when one partner is doing that in the relationship versus the other. And it's, so that's, that's a different level of detail as an employer than perhaps you would have seen in the past. But what about yourself? I mean, what are, what are you seeing? Well, I see from my perspective is, is starting a starting a business and starting to engage with the workforce and then starting to engage with um, different organisations as they manage this new space. Um, so from a generation where my network is quite, uh, as yourself, that, but I've got friends who are all around the globe who I've made bonds with here in Melbourne and when I have moved around myself, being able to understand what's happening in one country and apply it back to this country and understand where we're sitting and understand what Australia is in, in an industry perspective and understand where we might move has been a, a big advantage. I think one thing that I know in terms of trying to understand trends and where work is heading and where need and want and demand is sort of going is trying to get that balance. I feel like Australia really has a lag We've yep. spoken about this before, but we have a lag. I'm reading it in the news around tech now. I still feel like when organisations are talking about tech, like the sort of still the classic publications are still sort of talking five years behind, you know, where yeah. sort of it's heading. Um, um, but, yeah, trying to navigate it on a personal level, family, like it's I think I've hit two sort of thresholds and that's yeah. work balance and family um, and managing the two. Um and that's life. It's it's wild. It's a ride, um, and and COVID. So I think, from my perspective, you can do a lot and and learn a lot if you're if you're keen um, and and really curious. I think that holds true, and those sort of skills really see you through. And we're going to have to change a lot. So holding on to that and and sifting through. The changing the changing mats that we're all sitting on is is a hard thing to do, and then also tuning into friends. So this mental health is such a big one um, yeah. in work and everything. So trying to just understand, being able to understand yourself, from my perspective, I suppose that's the biggest insight I can offer people um, with my limited experiences. Like I'm thirty, but the best thing that I've learned for work is to understand myself so being able to chat I reached out after the middle of last year's pandemic it was really hard and then going and chatting with a psychologist and working out some tactics to get to know myself better around when I'm stressed how I process stress how to understand that really helps me when I'm in a work situation to know to just continue on because life is a series of momentum I really feel that in life so sometimes when you get a roadblock, a mental roadblock or a doubt to just understand who you are and know yourself better. I think it's a continued process to get to know yourself, but knowing where you are at the moment and, and where your mind can be sometimes um, and try and trip you up is, is really helpful if you're tired, um, if you're stressed or anything like that really I think is, is a big skill to know yourself, to know how to, to continue to, to do the things that you love to do or the things that you have to do in reality for work. Like that's, that's the, that's the truth <laughs> yeah. of the matter. For sure. For sure. 
No, and I think, you know, obviously that kind of, um, you know, the curiosity, I think is kind of where, where we'll go next day and kind of just dig into, you know, I think more of the kind of the collective side of kind of what that actually means. Because like, I don't think you're alone in that in terms of kind of looking looking for that um, understanding, but it, it is that, that kind of that two-sided nature of it, I think is the, the thread that will go through these kind of series of these kind of episodes is that it's on both sides. So it's kind of the, I think that used to be very much one way. So like employee basically does whatever employer wants whereas now i think we're kind of starting to hit a point where perhaps it's gone kind of employee and employer trying to hold hold back but arguably it's kind of both sides are going to actually have to figure out this new new paradigm the individual so the employee as well as the employer yeah for sure there's a few people in the room so yeah looking forward to um diving into this next week joe cool all right well we'll see you see you in person next week and uh yeah looking forward to it Thank you for listening to BAU Business As Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.